Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And Daryl. Brian. It's hammer time. I have my parachute pants on. Dude, I you know, I always wanted parachute pants, and I never had a pair of parachute pants, and it made me very sad. Like super is sad. Is everybody parachuting now? <laughs> You know that the was best, that, one the, that was legitimately probably the, the best only scene. funny line in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> legitimately yeah, the only funny line in that movie. So, um, but yeah, did you see that uh, Pedro Pascal got in trouble with like his stands for uh, just since you brought up Wonder Woman eighty four there um, for like tweeting out that it was back on um, back on HBO Max and he tagged Patty Jenkins and he tagged tagged Gil Gadot and then all these people are like I'm so disappointed in you <laughs> you know why because people are stupid yeah yeah I mean that that's so. all there is to it is just that people are dumb yeah and they continue and social media allows them to show how dumb they are repeatedly consistently so, yeah yeah all right uh <laughs> so, speaking of dumb we're talking about the Powerpuff Girls today uh, not, God. not the iconic. Don't judge us, please. Not the iconic cartoon from Cartoon Network back in the day, but the woke bullshit CBS <laughs> version. That, CW, uh, CW, is, and we'll sorry. talk. Not well, CBS. <laughs> yeah, Paramount C- owns it, but yeah, anyway, yeah. um, we are talking some Cobra Kai news that landed today, yesterday. 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 So as of recording, so on. Uh, the 27th Thir- of May. Yeah. Uh, the Tomorrow War trailer, which came out, which we've kind of been sitting on all week. Um, and then there's some Craven the Hunter news. Uh, and you'll laugh too. Um, then we're going to talk about Bad Batch episode five, six, whatever it is. Um, episode five. And then our Soups and Lolo review. Soups and Lolo, man. Soups and Lolo. Uh, so, all right. First up is uh, the Cobra Kai news. Daryl. Man can't stand. He can't fight. A man can't see. He can't fight. Man can't breathe. He can't fight. This is where the pain begins, Daryl. <laughs> this is great. So... Uh, Netflix put out a 22-second teaser that did more for season four of Cobra Kai than the two te- than the teaser trailer combo did for the Eternals. Um, and and the title is just Terry Silver Terry Silver Returns, and it is uh it's a it's a great little just short clip of uh crap what's his name i just had it and i lost it thomas ian griffith yeah thomas no, ian griffith no. thank you no yeah, i think yeah, that is yeah right. yeah it is and uh yeah it's, thank you thomas ian griffith uh just from behind and it's just that iconic ponytail and you know it's the voiceover from karate kid 3 uh and then it just says now the pain begins and it fades to black and it, as if i wasn't already super excited for for uh Dude. CK four, <laughs> CK four. I I can. This is again. We we talked about it 
during season three when we were talking about season three. But this show, it's one of those shows that uncannily hits all cylinders and all manners of nostalgia, but brings it to the present in a way that respects the source material, the original Karate yeah. Kid, and enhances it. Yep. Which... That is very hard to do. So we're going to talk about fan service in a little bit. Um, yeah. Cobra Kai is definitely not innocent when it comes to the fan service. Oh, 100%. It, but uh, it absolutely does that. They do it so well. They they add they add so much to it. And and what they've done is is the guys and, and girls on the writing team, writing staff, have uh, – they add layers to these characters that we've known for 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Um, so, yeah, that comes out later this year. I think it's in, like, November, um, if I remember correctly. And I'm, I'm too lazy to look it up. So that's what Google's well, for. Um, yeah, I yeah, I just know that that, The Witcher, and the, ne- the third season of You are all coming in the fall. Yeah, so. it's all like Q3, Q4 of 2021. Yeah, so so that would be nice. One um, one of those series a month oh. for you know, the last three months, that would be perfect. And like, let's space them out, right? Like four yes. weeks apart. Right. Uh, because Netflix yeah. drops everything all at once. Because I like to watch Cobra Kai twice. <laughs> <laughs> I just do. I, I did this, like, you know. Yeah, I did this season. Yeah, I did actually. I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, during during the dark time when we thought maybe Cobra Kai season two was the end, and we were never going to find out what happened to, uh, you know, the maybe one true Karate Kid. Um, I, I rewatched the series a couple times, but um, I don't know. I kind of want Mike Barnes to come in and just tear tear everything apart. And that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, I wonder if they're going to bring Mike Barnes back. I know that the actor that plays him, and I don't recall his name, forgive me, but he was, yeah, I think he's he's on a soap, and he's been on a soap for yeah. a while. Oh, yeah, uh, since, like, and, since like 1998 or something. Yeah, and so they, he was doing an interview several months ago, and he said, oh, I would love to come back or something well, he, along those he was lines. On Cobra, he was on Cobra Kai Theory, so Sean Kanan. Uh, um okay. yeah he was on cobra kai Jerris? series uh <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> no um <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought he he <laughs> interviewed uh on cobra kai theory that youtube channel so the guy who does star wars theory also does cobra kai theory yes that's he what, talked yeah, to that's him what it was yeah. great it was like an hour long it was great um and he he did say like yeah i definitely want to like i would love to come back if they add something for me so um, but yeah, so Cobra Kai, it's like, you know, we, 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 we just got five minutes of content out of a 22 second trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, okay. So moving on to, uh, the tomorrow war, you brought this to my attention. This had somehow like completely f- slid under my radar. Um, and then the trailer came out. And you send it to me on my phone, and I watched it on my phone, and then I put my phone down, and I immediately went and watched <laughs> it on the TV. Um, I have not looked up anything about this. All I know is Chris Pratt is in it. All I know is it's people from the future come back, and you know, it just had me thinking. At first, it was like, is this like a South Park? They stole our germs. 
type thing where the people <laughs> from the future were coming back and stealing the jobs from the people in the present. Um, but uh, this is a cool concept. Yeah. There, it, there was a very edge of tomorrow type feel to it. And not necessarily the plot itself, but you know, the whole time travel thing and the, some of the visuals as well. I don't know who's, you know, if there's any type of, yeah. Uh, you know, the same people or something similar doing the effects. One of the things I loved is they didn't show anything. They didn't show too much of the creatures themselves. Just that you last quick... little thing at the very yeah. end of the trailer. And like, who knows if that's like the creature or their pet or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's directed by Chris McKay. Um, he did the Lego Batman movie. Um, you know, he, oh wait. Yeah. Yeah. He directed that. He did. He directed Star Wars Robot Chicken three. Um, oh, he's tapped to direct Nightwing. I really don't want them to make a Nightwing movie. I was about to say, I, I, I I think Nightwing would only disappoint you if they made a movie. I mean, it's bad enough what they did to Mark Grayson. Like, what what mm-hmm. happens if they 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 mess with the proto Grayson and ruin him? Yeah, I'm gonna have to speak enough. I'm gonna have to send you a video of a guy talking about the differences between this the Amazon series that's called Invincible and the Invincible comic. I only um, watched a few minutes. Of that. I mean, I can tell you right now, the Invincible comic is good and great, even. And the uh, Amazon series, known otherwise known as Invincible, is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. But, but uh, no, the Tomorrow War. To, yeah, back to the Tomorrow yes. War. We 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 get sidetracked. <laughs> we get sidetracked easily. Yeah. Um, but Pratt is he he is my favorite Chris of the MCU trio. Hemsworth um, isn't too far behind. I see. I probably go Hemsworth because of the fact that. Uh, he can do anything, right? Yeah. Like Chris Pratt, I don't always necessarily believe um, in some of this stuff, you know. But I see where you are. You know, I like him. Like I, I it, it's like um, the parts of Jurassic World where he's where you're supposed to think he's this like analytical sciencey type person and a badass. I don't buy the analytical sciencey stuff. Um, like the same thing with uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Like I don't, I don't buy him as this big strategy genius type person or strategic planner. He's Andy Dwyer. You're thinking and, too much of like he's Andy Dwyer. Right. I was just about so. To... <laughs> um, but no, like, but here he looks like it's just like okay, he was just like a badass soldier, and and here he is now, and uh, let's let's uh, let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I am actually really looking forward to this. It's. Uh, it's funny enough. It's coming out July second, which obviously two days before the Fourth of July. And there, there's also a kind of that impending doom type yeah. feel, Independence Day in there as well. So yeah, it again. It this is this is those one of those type of sci-fi movies that's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. It has a guy I like. I mean, he had J.K. S- uh, Simons is in it, or yeah. Simmons is in it as well. I don't know how much he's going to be in it, but he's in it. And then there, there uh, uh, Yvonne Strahovski. Straczynski. I always, Straczynski, whatever. Just, you know. I always butcher her last name. So. But, yeah, she's in it. So yeah. I, I'm really curious. And one of the things people said is, okay, well, if they can go 
why don't they just drop off weapons to help us better prepare? And it's like, I, I don't, I get the thing. That's one of those questions you can't really ask until you know how they're handling the whole yeah. time travel. Like, thing. And who even knows if it, if it's, if it's right, you know, right. Like, yeah. Even like, are they, are they, you know, going back for good or are they going back to be like some sort of a sacrifice type of thing? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was, it was one of the things I said when I was talking about the Eternals trailer, people, a lot of people online are, were, you know, mocking it because, oh, you all have been here all this time and you didn't help the Avengers. It's like, okay, even though the trailer didn't impress me of the Eternals, I had to say, slow down. The movie may explain where yep. they, they, it probably will explain where they've been. So that's one of those things that people, you know, get online with and just, just chill out, let the movie happen. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But yeah, I, I, I'm not excited about like the Eternals because I'm, I'm not really either no. because Kevin Feige came out and said, yeah, we've picked these characters that nobody knows about so we can modernize them. And it's like, I heard that you can go jump in a lake, dude. I want to use so stronger heard, language, but this we're, we're yeah. I, I'm trying to curse less on the show. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, it's funny you said that because when I did the trailer review, I didn't know he said that. It, yeah. And I didn't know he said that until the next day. And I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to just redo that because I would have had some choice words for something as dastardly as that. Dastardly. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> dastardly dog. But that honestly, and that's why. Well, anyway, yeah. anyway let's back, go back to yeah, the, tomorrow. War. Tomorrow, yeah. the uh, the tomorrow yeah. war. Uh, it looks cool, like you said. Like it, it, it's got that. Um, it's definitely got that lived. I repeat. Like it feels like a little like oblivion in there, like you know it, it's a a little Independence Day. There, mm -hmm. there's just a lot going on, and you know, I like this is the type of role that I think Chris Pratt actually really works well in, because I do buy him as like the badass soldier, kind of like uh, Gerard Butler works as the badass soldier. Um, yeah, you know. Like consequently enough, Gerard Butler also really, really worked as the uh, the badass like psycho weapons creator in um, Law Abiding Citizen. Law Abiding Citizen, so, yes. But, um, but yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, July second can't get here soon enough, and we'll definitely talk about it. And it's got a really yeah, yeah. cool cast. Um, you know. There's there's just a bunch of like oh that guy and and that girl yeah. actors and actresses and uh, you know Betty Gilpin's in it so I'm always excited to see yeah. Betty Gilpin show it's up like, and stuff. It's like yeah, I it's had some people that say I I may not know your name but I liked you in this movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I kind of want to go back and watch um, the hunt now too after watching that trailer to see yeah, prime, it's been like a while. prime yeah. betty gilpin so it's been over a year since that movie <laughs> came out i've only watched it wow. once since we reviewed it so yeah me too yeah that might be i but, i'm gonna have to get back to that one yeah um but no yeah so the tomorrow war all right so let's get to the 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 news bite that we're least interested <sighs> in talking about um, but, but I think it, it needs, also it needs, it's the one we need to talk about the most. Um, but and, yeah, I was going to say it also points to a bigger problem with the network that is producing this. Yeah. So the CW, CW is it's bad. Like, you know, as good as 
it see this 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 is what has me scared for Superman and Lois. And I'll I'll use the proper Very title scared. for it to show the reverence and, and respect this series deserves. Um so alleged script leak from CW, the Powerpuff Girls depicted uh a girl oh, I'm so, words are hard let's start over alleged script leak from the cw's the powerpuff girl depicts them as sex obsessed adults um so this script leak came script script leak came out last week that's hard to say <laughs> i really had to think about that the script leak came out last week there we go um and you know, everyone's like, "This cannot be real. This is fake. This is this is dumb. This is this isn't this isn't even a thing." And then the CW went and copyright struck everything, which pretty much tells you, yeah, that's that. Yeah, it, that that's is, the uh, script. Yeah, um, and yeah, so I, I, you know, I just, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about this. Um, basically what they did was they took the original cartoon and they put it through the lens of everything you could do wrong with, with this show. And then they even like went back and said that the cartoon whitewashed them and made them look stupid and like kids. Um, essentially shitting all over the original source material. Which like that that was in the script, right? Yeah. Um yeah. Uh and then Mojo Jojo wasn't a monkey, but in fact Professor Utonium's former lab partner who Blossom killed before the uh the pilot, um, in action which heavily plays heavily on her decision to leave the hero life behind uh which is that is uh chloe um <laughs> i'm just forgetting everybody's name left and right this week um you know what i'm talking about yeah quake uh <laughs> we'll yeah. just call her quake um but yeah and and, and it's just it, like you know like right there okay like that Here's the thing. They could do that where it's uh maybe he she killed him like, you know, kind of on an accident, right? And 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 that sort of thing. Like I don't have a I, I don't have a problem with that. But um but yeah, it's just Diablo Cody went like way too far with uh, Chloe Bennett. Um I don't know why it took me so long to remember that. Um <laughs> she she went like way too far with kind of the the like darkening of this of these characters and you know uh powerpuff girls Haley liked them i always called them the powderpuff girls uh i did not like catch on that they were the powerpuff girls until like four years ago um, <laughs> but like like she she's kind of self-inserting here where these like they're these strong female characters and you know they're sex obsessed and like you know one of them is gay and is like interested in the other one and likes watching her with her boyfriend and is trying, you know, it's like, this is, this is what, like, this is, uh, this is Powerpuff Girls after dark. This isn't like, you know, I can't believe the CW let it get this far. You know what? I wouldn't have minded a skit like this on, say, a South Park Uh or 
robot chicken. That that would have been perfect. This is a robot. That's, that, something... that's exactly right. This is a robot yeah. chicken like four minute sketch. Yeah, not so. an actual TV series. Oh, let's not forget Professor Utonium depicted as a stereotypically abusive celebrity dad. Yeah, well. yeah. So uh, again, I can't believe I, uh, Donald Faison would do that. Like, yeah, I, you know, so, it's not like that dude's hard up for money. Right. So this is the thing where I was saying it was a bigger problem with the CW. Back in the day, when I mean in the day, you know, I've been watching the CW when it was WB. When That's what it was when Supernatural first came on back in, what, 2005. Yeah. And you th- just think about seven, eight years ago when the Arrowverse started with Arrow. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years after that with The Flash. You know, say what you will, but the first couple seasons of both of those shows were pretty strong. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And then, and this, this is what's happening with CW shows now, for the most part. It's either woke nonsense, bad writing, or a horrific combination of the two. Yeah. For example, one of, you know, again, I, I don't watch The Flash anymore. I haven't watched mm-hmm. Legends of Tomorrow. The only show on here I watch is... Superman and Lois. Yep. Give it its proper reverence. And I was watching All American, mm-hmm. which is a pretty decent show. And that's where Wale Parks comes from. He yeah. came. He was on that show last year. In the last few weeks, like the second half or the first half of this season, uh, the after the first three episodes, they have gotten really way too comfortable with the woke nonsense mm-hmm. that I don't even want to watch it anymore. Yeah. Because it. You know, you know how they, you know, in the, you know, Law and Order or uh, SVU, they say rip from the headlines. Right. They are taking stuff from, you know, the headlines of what's going on and and just inserting it with I mean, the lack of creativity that I've seen in All American in the last few episodes is really disappointing because I I thought it was a pretty good show that did a good job initially of you know having this black football player go to Beverly Hills. And it did not beat you over the head with race and yeah. all that stuff in yeah. the first couple seasons. And now season three, it's doing that. Mm-hmm. And with the flash was more about just bad writing. Um, I don't know. I can't say, I can't say really about black lightning. Cause I stopped watching after season one, I, I think. Well, I mean like the, Oh, uh, black lightning was, uh, was awful. It was just like, and it wasn't, here's the thing. And it wasn't awful because it was like, black characters or anything like that it was the it was the worst written cw show yet um and i think batwoman has like strongly just like placed itself at the top of that that pyramid um but yeah it was just it was just kind of dumb and like the way the way his girls developed their power so late and then they you know i'm not gonna call them mary sue's because they weren't really very good with their powers at the beginning and they they got, <laughs> no, they, they got better over time so fair enough but the fact that like they did not rec- recognize each other when all they're doing is covering just the eye section of their faces um there's not a daughter who won't recognize their dad there's not a dad who won't recognize his daughter from the second they step in the same room together yeah and so, and again unless, they, they were i was going to say unless it's um, Thanos and Scarlet Witch in Old Boy. Um, 
Well, there there was a reason behind that. I know, but yeah, so Josh Josh Brolin in that like, jeez, oh, um, and I know it's the I'm talking about the remake, but still, just that Josh Brolin in in, in that scene when he finds out was crazy, uh, and stupid. But but yeah, you, you yeah, know where I'm getting but, at. Yeah. So also they, you know, they so after this, well, actually, I think it was right before. I can't remember if it was before or after around the same time where they came out and said, yeah, we're, we're kind of going to reshoot this pilot, which that's to say that's not a good thing is underselling the fact that they're a terrible thing to have to. So lots of pilots get reshot. Like lots of pilots get reshot. Like Buffy got reshot. There's a there's a pilot of Avatar: The Last Airbender, Last Airbender that is completely different than the you know, the boy in the ice cube, um, and you know I mean lot there's lot there's just lots of examples of this where where show goes the pilot it doesn't work, you know they redo it that's why they do a pilot, but the fact that the CW was so quick to say we want this to go to series, without seeing that pilot that's the problem, yeah and and that's what I was gonna say like. That's exactly because there's plenty of shows that get a pilot and you don't hear anything like Wonder Woman mm-hmm. or there's plenty of examples. Oh, but God, that's that was exactly a horrible I, pilot with Adrian. I, I never saw that. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Pilecki. Padalecki yeah. It's Pilecki. Jared. Yeah. Adrian Pilecki. That was that's 45 minutes of my life. I'll never, ever get back. <laughs> never. Yeah. So, like, to your, yeah, yeah. To your point, that that's exactly where I was getting at with the pilot being reshot is that they were so backing this mm-hmm. so hard. Like all the other ones, a lot of the other ones you could say are, you know, were experimental type things like the whole Buffy thing. Yeah. You know, that's like a first draft. I get that. But, you know, they went so all in on this. And then, like you said, without actually seeing the pilot and then being able to see it and it's trash, which did they read the scripts before? I don't think they did. I think I think they are. uh, Um. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think that uh, they, they worried about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Family Guy had a, uh, had a pilot, a different pilot. Freaking Big Bang Theory had a different pilot with like almost an entirely different cast. Um, yeah, you know, Game of Thrones had an unaired pilot. Uh, Gilmore Girls, Seinfeld had a pilot that nobody ever saw with the Seinfeld Chronicles. Um, you know, there, there, it, it's, it just happens, and and you know, but part of that was like the first season of Seinfeld was six episodes. People forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, so so reshooting but, the pilot, like, and then doing five more episodes wasn't a big deal. Yeah, but and, and again, like all of those things were, well, all of those things were actually for the most part original things as well. True. And well, not game. Of and Thrones. this is, yeah. Well, yeah. Totes off, but <laughs> I'm trying to, in, you know, get my Powerpuff Girls. Actually, yeah, Buffy wasn't lingo. necessary original either because of the Christie Swanson. Well, movie. I mean, it's it's original. Yeah, it's original. It's original in the <laughs> I'm sense just, of I'm, I'm with being, I'm Joss Whedon. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's the thing is going back to the CW. This is a CW problem because. You look at their shows, and again, I know every show is not catered towards us. Right. I understand oh, yeah. that. yeah, and I don't want it to be. 
but and that's fine yeah it's not that it's not it's the fact that even if a show is not catered to me if it's if it's a live action show i could say okay this was decent writing i don't have to it doesn't mean i like it but i can look and say this is decent writing right the writing on these cw shows superman and lois you know excluded has just continued to get worse yeah. And worse. And again, like there wasn't a lot uh, if that I can think of with, with Arrow that was what I would call woke nonsense. Mm-hmm. Arrow was just bad writing. No, the bad thing about Arrow was their incessant need to use the uh, Ollie Felicity relationship as a crutch. The Ollie, yeah, yes. Ollicity. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Bad writing. Yes, absolutely. Bad writing. The Flash, the villains they use, and the way they, they've, they've kind of put the seasons together mm-hmm. bad writing yep. like over the last several years again i know this show i used to watch well i didn't used to watch it but i watched it on netflix riverdale the first couple first season and a half and i knew this was going to be a little bit woke yeah because you know it's dealing with high schoolers but then they like there i remember when i just like totally went out when they were that the parents of this girl were going to send her to a conversion camp and i was like oh i'm done i'm done i and again, yeah, fine. It's not written for me. Yeah. Terrible writing. Mm-hmm. And again, well, I mean, you look at like so, like the difference between these things, right? Like you have you have a movie person in Diablo Cody coming in to television, and you you like, you know, like if she wanted to try and make this as like a big budget like action movie to go out and do it this way, um, great, that's up to you. But when you're trying to make a TV series for people to come back and want to watch over and over and over and over again, then, you know, maybe, maybe you just, uh, you know, don't (laughs) go that way. Uh, I I just want to point out Superman and Lois, the big difference between Superman and Lois and everything else on the CW is Todd Helbig. Now I will say this. Todd Helbig was involved as the next executive producer of the flash for 63 episodes and the co-executive producer for 37 episodes between 2014 and 2019. So there's a lot of blame to fall on on his shoulders. But he was the co-producer on Spartacus. He was the supervising producer for Black Sails uh, Season 2, I think. And now he is the showrunner for Superman and Lois. So he's worked under Stephen S. Tonight twice, Plus, he was heavily involved with Mortal Kombat Legacy. So the dude knows how to tell a story. Mm -hmm. Um, That's very important. And and, and so these other people, like Greg Berlanti is stretched so thin, right? Like, I would be surprised that he even knows what is going on week to week on the shows that have his name at the end of them. Oh, absolutely and, not. And like, considering everything he's going, yeah. CW. But, like, because he's doing, he's doing all of this, like, all the CW stuff. He's doing all the stuff for HBO Max. You know, he's got a bunch of other things that he does. And great. But at, at, at the same time, um, it's just, it, it, it's not, it's not great. Um, not, I mean, it's, it's just really. <laughs> it's really not not good at all um but was it was it there was the guy who was the showrunner on the flat or one of the producers on the flash who was like kicked off the show um 
because of like it's like some me too stuff um and so i'm not condoning any of that was it andrew kinsberg kreisberg let me see um anyway but like when that person left that's when the flash went downhill I can't find who it is, but yeah, that there, there was a, you could see when, yeah, it was Andrew. Sorry. It was Andrew Kreisberg. Uh, on November 10th, 2017, he was suspended from his role as showrunner of the flash arrow and legends of tomorrow. Um, after 15 women and four men accused him of sexual harassment on November 29th of 2017, he was fired from all Warner brothers television projects. Um, so again, I'm not not at all am I saying like he wasn't rightfully or whatever, but the dude knew how to tell a story, and that wasn't enough to have him keep his job. But <laughs> the guy knew how to tell a story, and when he left, that's when uh, the Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl all went downhill. Yeah, I yeah, and and I didn't know all that as far as you know some of that behind the scenes stuff. So. It's okay, man. But I it's mean, o- you're normal. Yeah. We get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's obvious. It's obvious <laughs> that. Hold on, hold on. This is an inside joke for Daryl and I for something else that's going to happen on this show later. Uh, not this show, <laughs> but on the podcast. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So yeah. yeah. It's 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 all good. It, it's pretty obvious yeah. that the CW is missing that. Yep. Again, with one show, at least that I know of excluded from that it's just a lot of yeah it's a lot of junk yeah and again let let us know if there's a show on the cw or and because i know there's a lot of shows that are on there that i haven't given the time of day yeah and i mean uh, this this fall it becomes a seven day a week network um which it's right, never been that's, so yeah um it was it was weird enough when they went to to six days a week when they added sunday for for supergirl um a few years ago but now it's gonna be you know so i mean they have now 14 hours of television to fill because they only have between eight and ten so interesting yeah okay all right let's move but on yeah yeah I'm, i've had it i've had enough of of, uh, of the that's all i'm gonna girls. say about that yeah um anyway okay so moving on to craven the hunter news um so deadline title uh title of the article here craven the hunter aaron taylor john uh, aaron taylor johnson to play spider-man villain and standalone pick um later on in the article they call craven an anti-hero uh craven is not an anti-hero <laughs> let's just be right there uh it says here uh, one of Sony Pictures universe one of Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters Craven is one of the most iconic and notorious anti-heroes. He has had encounters with Venom and Black Panther among many others and is one of Spider-Man's best known and most formidable enemies. The film is set to bow on January 13th, 2023. Oh, uh, um, Matt Tolmich are producing with the screenplay written by Art Markham and Matt Matt Holloway and Richard Wink. Uh, I don't know who they are. Uh, apparently, this all came about because um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is making a movie called Bullet Train, 
where he's one of the main assassins um, co-starring with Brad Pitt. And they liked the dailies that they saw so much that they said, you know what? Let's stick it to the MCU. Let's make it so there's no hope there will ever have a Quicksilver again. And let's make this dude Craven so he can stumble through another Eastern block accent <laughs> badly. Like I do a really bad Russian accent. A really bad one. The old, like borderline offensively bad, right? Um, which is why I don't really pull it out very often. Um it's marginally worse than what Aaron Taylor Johnson does. And I like Aaron Taylor Johnson. If you haven't seen Savages, he's great in that movie. Yeah. Um, I liked him in uh, Tenet. Uh, yeah, he's great in Tenet, right? Uh, he's a badass, and he got to use his actual accent, um, which was not a horrible Russian accent or Eastern Bloc accent. Um, and then, uh, like, I love him as Kick-Ass. He's 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 Dave Lewinsky, through and through. Uh so, so when I I read this, he, here's here's the biggest problem with this. They're not gonna have Spider Man. This is just gonna be Craven. Um, if you wanted to have just a Craven movie, um, do it in the MCU. And have him hunt the totem characters. Right? Like he could hunt Ant-Man. He could hunt John David Washington's Black Panther. He could hunt, you know, one of the other, you know, he could hunt Falcon or Captain Falcon or Captain America. Whatever. Um, You know, they're all, anyone who's based on an animal. Like, you know, they could work their way up to Spider-Man and Kraven's Last Hunt. Um, But. But, like, Venom worked, and I use the term worked loosely, right, without Spider-Man because it's an alien symbiote that's, uh, that the Rocks Incorporation found before it, it was able to merge with Peter Parker because there was no Secret Wars. Right. Right? There was no taking... 12 heroes and 12 villains off and putting them on, on the board to battle uh, somewhere in time and space. Uh, so great. I get it. I, I wasn't on board for it. It's, it's an okay movie at best, <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm interested actually to see the sequel just because I like Woody Harrelson so much, but I, I don't, I don't see ATJ as craven and i i don't see craven as a character that could actually hold a movie like that okay so i do i like again i'm i'm in the same boat as you are i like aaron taylor johnson as an actor I don't necessarily I don't like him for this role. And again, when I'm saying that it's based on his based on what we've seen of him. Now, he could really surprise us. I mean, it, 
I've been surprised by actors in certain roles where I was like, I don't think that guy or gal is going to be great. And then they, they are. But a bigger point is what you said as far as Craven without Spider-Man, Craven on his own. It's almost as if this is one of those things where their studios feel as if, hey, the Joker or Joker worked on its own. So let's try something. And again, I know that this has been floating around for a while. Did, them, did the it? idea of them did Joker work? Oh, it, I mean, I get. It. Oh, it I absolutely people, did work yeah. for people. Yeah, I mean, I again, I know you don't like it, and well, so here, I only liked it. Here's the I only thing. thought it was okay. Here's the other thing: why Venom worked is because Venom transcends the comic book. There are people who are Venom fans who have never once read a Venom comic book. They've never Correct. watched a Spider. They've never once watched a Spider-Man cartoon. They like the look of Venom. They have him tattooed on their bodies. He's been in. They he's have, been in games. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, he's been in a ton of video games. Um, they like if they ride motorcycles, they have Venom on their helmet. Like you know, it's the Venom face. You know, so so with Craven, for example, Craven has been part of the Sinister Six, but like Craven is most known for hunting Spider-Man. Quote unquote killing Spider-Man. And uh you know, and then himself. Um spoilers. But <laughs> uh I don't I don't like the idea of this as a standalone movie. Like this could be say Spider-Man 4 where they tie in the MCU and the Sony Spider-Verse together with Tom Holland showing up in maybe, you know, one of, one of those movies. Yeah, I I just don't know if this this is going to this works in the sense of how they're delivering it. And 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 again, that that doesn't it, it could be actually a good film, but as far as getting the reach because a lot of people like you said, I I like how you you know, liking how Venom has kind of like wormed his way or their way into, because, you know, we are Venom, their way into, you know, pop culture. Like, look at the pops that are coming out. Like, you have pops that are like a, a Venom line of pops, like Venom Captain America. Yeah. I have a Venom Captain America action figure. Yeah, they up, have Venomized you know, toys. They had a huge Venom, Venomized, Absolutely. you know, toy run. And, you know, Haley has the Venomized Spider-Gwen because she gets like, the Gwenpool and Spider Gwen and Venom Gwen, yeah. and, you know all that stuff. She that's one of the characters. Yeah, you don't likes. you don't have that for Craven. Yep. So, in in the sense of working to a broader audience, that's not a character I would say. Like even Joker, for example. We're going. Let's go back to Joker. Everybody knows Joker from mm -hmm. whether it be the original Joker and the Batman, um, you know, TV series. Whether yeah. it be Jack Nicholson, I mean Jake, or Joker's you know, a ninety-year-old character. Yeah, so people know Joker, and you know you think Joaquin Phoenix is going to play Joker. Joaquin Phoenix, great actor. So just the fact that he's playing that that brought some other eyes. Mm -hmm. Like again, this and it, you know you had Todd Phillips directing, and you know some people like his work. Then you look at this. You have Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's not a box office draw. No. You have a character that not many people know about other than, you know, people that are in the comics. You have a director, J.C. Chander, who's done what, Margin Call, yeah. The Most Violent Year, and Triple Frontier of his seven directing credits. Those yeah. are three of them. 
like not nothing. Triple, Triple Frontier, while we liked it, was it was it, messy. It was it was it was uh, messy. Is 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 a, is a is a polite yeah. way of saying it. Yeah, it, was a it, hot mess. it needed um, it needed somebody. Well, it just needed a hand to like. There were a lot of coloring outside the lines. It needed somebody to you know kind of you know smooth those lines out. And that that again that goes back to the point of this you know this director taking on a character who no one knows on an actor who is not a draw i i don't think this is the right way to put, put bring craven into you know the cinematic universe whatever you want to call it yeah now you know i don't like here's the other thing too is he's a big game hunter how is that going to go over yeah, yeah. I mean, just think. I mean, think about audiences now, right? He's a big game hunter. They're calling him an anti-hero. No, he's going to be a villain, yeah, but so from people. But who is he going to be a villain? Who, who, who is who's going to go up against him? Right. That's what we need no, to find yeah. out. Like we don't know yeah. any of that yet. So. Yeah, and and again, like we said, this could actually the if they do it right, it could be a fine movie. Yeah. But I'm just saying from the standpoint of reaching a broader audience, the way they're doing it and all who's involved, I don't think it's going to work yeah. like it to the point they want it to work. All right. Cool. We can we, we can move on from from Craven. All right. So let's get on to the Bad Batch. Um, Rampage, directed by Stuart Lee, written by Tamara Beecher Wilkinson, released today, May 28th. Uh, hoping to discover who hired Shand to, to, to retrieve Omega, the Bad Batch goes to Ord Mantell, where Echo knows of a Jedi informant named Sid. She offers to find out about Shand in exchange for their help. Slavers have kidnapped a child named Moochie, and Sid will receive a reward from Jabba the Hutt if the Bad Batch will. Wow, that's a huge spoiler in the, uh, just in the summary. Um, from yeah. Jabba the Hutt, if they help her rescue the child. The Bad Batch finds and fights off the slavers, rescuing Moochie, who is actually a young Rancor. Uh, taking her to Sid, Moochie is given to Jabba's right-hand man, Bib Fortuna, in exchange for the reward. Sid gives some of the reward, 30% of the reward, to Hunter <laughs> and is unable to learn who hired Chan. She offers to give the Bad Batch more mercenary work in the future. All right. The show... There's nothing wrong with The Bad Batch. It's not bad. It's not a bad show. It's not a good show. It's boring. Yeah. So I told you. Like you read that, right? Just reading that summary yeah. is boring. It, yeah. the, the, like the Clone Wars covered like, you know, the, the, the pilot of the Clone Wars was saving Zero the Hutt's kid. Like this is so, nothing new. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So my and I, and I told you this. My ritual since for the Mandalorian, since the Mandalorian started, my Friday ritual was getting waking up, you know, first thing in the morning, making my coffee around seven o'clock. You know, sometimes earlier if I can't sleep, and watching these you know Disney Plus shows. I was like Mandalorian. I was always up. WandaVision, I was always up. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, after the first couple episodes, I kind of, I would sometimes forget, you know, honestly, that it was, you know, on. And this is, 
the first one where I actually didn't really care to watch in the sense of based on the last couple of weeks. And like you said, the bad batch is not inherently a bad show. It's just a show. I, I, I see them going from planet to planet and it does have some parallels to the mm-hmm. Mandalorian season one, which again, the Mandalorian season one was not super strong, but it was, there was just something magical about it. This has potential, but so far it's gotten to the point where it's it's one of those where it just I just shrug my shoulders and say, yeah, it's on. I right. guess I'll watch it. Yeah. And so, and I've told you this. One of the things I told you is when I when I was watching it, these guys are jobbers. To coin a wrestling term, they all have glass jaws. They're like honestly, the only one of them who is even capable as a warrior is Crosshair. And we haven't seen Crosshair since episode two. Um, I, I think Crosshair might be my favorite character in the show, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's not true. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just one of those things where uh, nothing is happening in this show. Like, th- like honestly, this show should have just been dropped all at once because this isn't written as a as a sequential storytelling week to week you have to watch to see what's happening this was this was written to be streamed and yes. and, and like you know i get why disney does what they do because they don't have enough content to be dropping a whole series every week multiple series every week like netflix does netflix is 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 far and away ahead of everybody else um this show should have been dropped as just a one shot. Um, you know, I don't even know how many episodes it's supposed to be. I was going to ask you if, you if you knew how many episodes I, there were going to be. Um, I did not, but we can try and find out. Um, but that being said, like it absolutely should have been just it, 16. Yeah, they should have just like okay. either drop the first eight. One the first week. eight, I would do that, and yeah. then drop the 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 next eight two weeks later, you know something like that. Um, the 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 whole let's go somewhere, let's crash our ship, uh, let's go somewhere, let's be fish out of water, let let's go somewhere, let's get captured, let's get beat down, let's do this. It it, it should not be this repetitive. And considering the the goodwill that these characters had coming off of season seven of the Clone Wars, none of that has carried over into their own series. No, no. I, and and what I said, other than the first episode where you saw them working as a team, which granted, like you said, Crosshair was a part of that. <laughs> but Crosshair, well, Crosshair helped with that. It's these guys can't win a fight. No, Crosshair is the one who wins. Cross, like yeah. you know, cross, like the fact that Crosshair let them get away is a shock, right? It, it, it's like, well, he it's because his he just gone through like maybe a, the electroshock thing. Maybe that's why his aim was a little off there. But you know, he when when they when the Empire sent him out to take care of Saul Guerrero, Saul was gone, but he still finished the mission, right? You know, because a good soldier follows orders. Which is still kind of one of the most terrifying like themes of Crosshair. Um, yes, absolutely. But 
the the other the other issue is um you're absolutely right these guys are jobbers they're not you 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 want to root for them you really do but then in the end you know they're gonna lose um <laughs> and, and the other thing is like i i don't want to i don't want to see the bad news clones right uh the other thing is the the fan service cameos like it, it's a lot you know like bib fortuna great okay um the slavers they're a deep cut from from season five of uh or season oh, four they were? of clone wars okay. when when uh Anakin and Obi-Wan go to bust up a slave ring and, you know, Anakin gets all like slavery is bad because I was a slave, you know, when slavery is bad, um, but slavery is bad because I was a slave and like, you know, I'm going to have a really hard time keeping my emotions in check and, and still being like considered on the light side of the force here. Uh, Obi-Wan had to live a day in Anakin's shoes as a slave and had all sorts of empathy for him coming out of it. Um, but, but, none of that carried over into this it was like here is the one-dimensional villain they're slavers okay they're going after this character muji we think it's a kid the twist is it was really a rancor the most interesting thing about the show is omega because we don't know anything about her yes and, and they're 100%. not doing anything to build on that yeah, and they and one of the other things they keep doing is showing you that something is going on inside Wrecker's head. But I don't know how they're going to use that. And again, one of my one of the things I wrote down here is where I don't know where they're going. Yeah. And that's not in a positive way. Right. You know, when we when we watched uh, WandaVision, I was I I had that same question at times, mm -hmm. but it was in a positive way. It was like, I don't know where they're going with this, but I'm really excited yeah i don't know this where they're going more, but i'm along for the ride yeah this one is like i don't know where they're going with this yeah and i'm getting to the point i really don't care yeah like and I said, that's not th good this does not have the structural issues season one of rebels had this does not have the structural structural issues probably the first two-ish seasons of the clone wars had right but at the same time it's just it's not it's just not living up to to what they hyped it to be like this is supposed to be a group of very capable soldiers who are all enhanced mind you who are supposed to be like figuring out how to survive in this new world where the empire has started like you know it's the, this is new and they're not doing that they're they're you know they're they seem like they're just very sheltered and like babes in the woods they're they're bambi learning to walk and, and falling on the ice um to just use another disney property and, and this is part of the problem <laughs> with disney star wars <laughs> plain and simple i mean even you look at season seven of the clone wars the stuff with the bad batch was good um the stuff with the sjw sisters was really bad and then the last four episodes was some of the greatest star wars that's ever been made and i think that's because dave filoni told disney just to back off he's got it um but i just yeah i don't i don't i don't know i i want i want to be able to say hey this is this is something you should watch this is something worthy of your time this is something worthy of you know 
the the price tag, the ever increasing price tag for this streaming service that doesn't actually have anything that you probably don't already own. Yeah. So, um, all right. Let's say out of aggro tween rancors out of five, what do you what do you give episode five rampage? Uh, I give it a three. It just it it did nothing it did nothing for me yeah uh, like you said omega is my favorite part of the show she's the she's the she's the only one that always gets me to smile in yeah. this show because she does every episode she does something that makes me smile i liked when she was taken and, and she made her her trooper doll into a clone force 99 doll with when she painted yeah. it that was the best part of the the whole episode yeah and when she was like uh, come in i found i found sid yeah. <laughs> just I, I like her and and you know I like when she's on screen but everything yeah. else in this episode was just again it wasn't like it was terrible but it just didn't do anything it didn't go anywhere and yep. it's done that too all it's done that far too much for only five episodes yes sir yeah I give it a two out of five this is this this was one of the, the worst episodes yet so mm-hmm. so all right, let's move on to the thing we like to the something most. that's really good. Yes. We're gonna end. We're gonna end the episode on a positive note, and it's Superman and Lois, episode seven, Man of Steel, directed by David Ramsey, written by Jai Jameson, who uh, I was about to look up because I forgot to do it earlier. Um, this 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 had a ton of uh, just a ton of. of just world building and moving the story along and, and, and just getting, getting stuff done. Um, yeah. Wow. He hasn't written much. So, I mean, he's a staff writer and this was his first written by for, for Superman and Lois. Um, he, well, he did a damn good job. Yeah. He, he wrote some shorts. He's directed a bunch of short stuff. He's edited all that same short stuff that he wrote and directed. Um, yeah, dude, good on you, Jai Jameson. Like, thank you. This, this, like, and how about? Oh yeah, sorry, guys. And how about Diggle coming in with the directing uh, credit? Well, so he's directing five Arrowverse shows this season. So you know, I, I see big things for him. Um, the action scenes were really good. Uh, I, I thought that that he did a good job with uh, with the boys. Um. Yes. There there was a scene in particular, um, obviously spoilers, um, that I I thought had it, it, both of them had some fantastic direction to to play it the way they did it. Um because I like the way it was written, it could have come across as very cheesy. Um, but it didn't. It came across as very powerful. And I'll uh, I'll get to that. But so <laughs> We, we pick up this episode where the last episode left off um, Broken Trust. And uh, that's not what it was called, was it? Yes. Yeah, Broken Trust. Sorry. Um, and Clark is flying Jordan to the fortress. And, you know, because he's overwhelmed with his powers and uh, things are going crazy. And, you know, you, you see, you know, the ship uh do do its thing the fortress do its thing and it's like oh yeah his powers are are kicking in he can his auditory powers so he's hearing everything um 
I love the way they're showing like what little training Jordan is getting has been like really good scenes between um, Tyler and uh, and Alex, you know? Yeah, I and we it's almost as if we talk about this all the time, but the cast works so well together as you you buy this as a family because, you know, as families, you, you have issues, especially with teenagers, you have issues, just regular life issues. And watching Tyler play not just Superman, but a dad to these two twins, like very different kids, having to deal with situations that he never really, I mean, yeah, he had to deal with getting his powers, but, you know, he didn't have to deal with it in the way that these kids are dealing with it. It's mm-hmm. so well done. And also, the back and forth between the brothers because everything that Jonathan has suffered because of them having to move to Smallville oh, yeah. because Jordan powers develop. And I'd like that, you know, Jordan shows, you know, he has a multiple layers because it could have been easy to write this character as, you know, the goody two shoes in the sense of him being always understanding right. or, at one of the things you joked, la- I think last week was you know have, wanting to see him break bad. I do, and I it's, still do, um, especially after this week. Yeah, but it, he shows that he's still uh, you know human and, and a person, and that first of all, he absolutely has reasons to be pissed at his brother. Look at his hand. Well, okay, he has so absolute reason. This is the scene I wanted to talk about. So, like, let's just talk about it now. They're in the house. Yeah. Jordan starts to to break down because he is spying inadvertently, mind you, spying on John and Sarah, and he's hearing and he gets jealous. So when when John gets home, he's like, "Why are you trying to steal my girl?" And John goes off on him and starts yelling at him and like totally raises those like stress levels in Jordan like to where they don't need to be. And like you you we don't get to hear everything John's saying, but you hear enough. He tells Jordan he's a bad person. He tells Jordan, like, you know, I have I have always been here for you when you've been the guy who was getting picked on for being weird, and now the guy for this and the guy for that. And and look at my hand. You are a bad person. And then when he goes to walk away, he hits the door. Like, or the, yeah. the, the little thing on the steps. So it makes that loud noise. It's just a, a like, one last F you. And, like, I thought that was a super powerful scene, right? And it, it, it shows that, like, John has a limit. Um, yeah. And, and so, like, to your point, like, I think it showed us right there, like, John John is, like, at, at that limit. But then if you jump to later in the episode when, you know, uh, Jordan's powers go haywire again. And John, again, comes to the rescue. John is John is the Superman out of the two of them, right? And, right. and then John is, you know, when 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 it's, you know, Clark is in trouble, um, and we'll get to that. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, you know, when they're when they're on their way out there to to help, or when they're trying to find Clark, um, you know, John John is helping him focus his powers um, by asking questions and you know, like keeping Jordan on task. And I I I thought it was it was such the great like brotherly love hate relationship that all brothers have. Yeah. And that well, like when you said that, like hitting the door, that F you, 
I'm glad that they did like that whole scene. First of all, yeah. was great, but that last moment because it shows that look, like you said, I've been silent for a long time for what we, what I've had to sacrifice, and now you're spying on me, right? And I love how he was like, "Don't you ever do that again." Well, because remember how mad they got when Clark was doing it. Exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. It's, it's it's that you know broken trust that you know John John can't trust Jordan. No. No, so. he he because again he's the one that's always there cleaning up the messes or in the sense of preventing the me- a mess from being from happening. You know, he, that's why his hand is broken. But how many times has he been there when Jordan's powers were on the fritz every time? And he's there to calm him down. Every, yes, every single time. And that's why I love him as a character. And I love the, you know, the the job that Jordan is doing, the, the actor is doing in his role as Jonathan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, Jordan, actually, Jordan Elias is the the kid that plays John Kent. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I thought the boys were the highlight of the episode, to be honest. As as far as that goes, but you know, when we'll get to the big reveal, um, that was just amazing. Uh, I, I liked that was your that was your chef's kiss. <laughs> uh, no, it's like Salt Bay. Like you know, I th- I think it's more Salt Bay. <laughs> Because it added a whole bunch of flavor to this show that it was like, what? <laughs> um, I've got, I'm down with you. My analogy game is strong this week. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's that day off. <laughs> it had me. It's got me like you, relaxed. You recharged. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Um, but I really liked Lana's story this week. Um, with. The, the whole quote unquote leadership program and um, her friend like wanting to be in it and Lana trying to keep Kyle out of it. I thought that was really yeah. cool. Um, we haven't, we haven't seen a lot about that. And um, I don't know. I was, I was watching, I was like, and, and this is why I like this. Cause I was watching uh thinking critical early this week and they were talking about like, what's wrong with modern comic book storytelling. Right. And TV storytelling as well. And and it's because, like, everything is written to be binged. Everything is written to be a trade or an omnibus. And um, they've kind of lost the whole idea of letting the B story carry out through the season. Whereas, like, each episode can have an A story. Um, and I thought this episode had, like, two A stories. You had the boys and you had, um, you know, the captain luther um and then the b story this whole season has been the ex kryptonite um morgan edge thing and we got we got the the ex kryptonite to merge with the a story with the captain luther a story um which you know in turn had a big payoff but then we 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 added to the b story of like edge is trying to find more people like lar to to turn into these supers um and that's part of what his investment in smallville is about and i think he believes that kyle is one of these people that can you know take on the burden of that the kryptonian powers yeah the the art of incrementally 
adding to your secondary story arc is something that you don't see. And, and until you actually, you know, broke it down from what thinking critical was talking about. I didn't, it, it clicked in me that so many sh- movies or so many TV shows that I watch that I've watched on this, you know, we were talking about the CW mm-hmm. CW does a terrible job of this terrible job yeah. for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like, that is back such like a good point. Lost, right? I thought Lost did this better than almost any show except for in season three. Um, the Blacklist is the show that they use as an example. And it's like, you know, I only watched the first season of that show. Or actually, I watched the first two seasons of that show. And I could see that. Um, I thought something like Spartacus actually did a really good job with this. Like the A story um, was Spartacus. And, and you know, the the... Coming Spartacus coming to power, Spartacus becoming the general, Spartacus freeing the slaves. But the B storyline was the the politics of the Roman Empire, and yeah. uh, no. and it was like I don't know, I like tonight. I feel like tonight does a really good job with that stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say Black Sails does a great job with that as well. I mean, jo- Joss did a good job with that with Buffy. Um, Joss, uh, David Greenwald mastered it with Angel with that whole universe, but um. But yeah, you look at like The Wire did a great job with that. I mean, The Wire was pretty much a bunch of B stories um, that <laughs> like the the B stories were the ones that were like the most interesting following the through line of the corruption of the city of Baltimore as the A story. Um, you know, but like those are the shows that did that. Like, but again, like everything is made to just like how long can I sit in front of a television and and indoor <laughs> watching watching some of this stuff <laughs> and and i feel like superman and lois has been appointment appointment viewing you have to come back the next week and watch it right away yeah this is this is a show that if it was on a streaming service and i i knew it came out at 3 a.m there might be a part of me that would be waking up at like 5 a.m every day to watch it 305 <laughs> <laughs> so um all right let's get to uh let's get to the the the, the, the meat of this episode uh yeah like so um this episode is called hammer time for a reason uh clark and lois are doing their their investigative duo thing together which I thought is something that I feel like that's something that's been a lit like to me that's been missing from the show is, you know, Clark and Lois investigative reporters um, watching them track the ex kryptonite and things like that was was really fun um, when Clark takes the van and dumps it like in the middle of the <laughs> desert uh, was great. But then they will they roll up on on Captain Luther Um <laughs> And he he's there to to you know steal the X kryptonite, and when you know all of this has been happening, and Clark learns that his last name is Luther. Um, later on in a throwaway line, we learn his name. He has, when they test his fingerprints, his name is John Henry Irons, who died on this particular Earth six years prior. Um, if that name sounds familiar to you, uh, 
congratulations. You are not a normie. Uh, <laughs> John Henry Irons is steel. Um, and the change made to steel and the John Henry Irons character um, in every iteration, John Henry Irons has been a Superman fanboy. And I'm sure we're going to see that. But this John Henry Irons wants to murder the fuck out of Superman. <laughs> yeah. And and they do a great job in this episode. Again, talking about that piecemeal, giving us little snippets and morsels of what happened in his world mm-hmm. and why he has such a rage against Superman. Well, and why Even we thought his name was Captain Luther. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's kind of going back to when we're watching trailers and stuff like that. You know, sometimes you have to let the storytellers, you know, just give them the benefit of the doubt. And again, with Supes and Lo- Superman and Lois, like these storytellers right now have the benefit of the doubt with I- I'm going to always give until they until they lose my trust until they break my trust. Yeah, they have. Yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like I'm pretty good at sniffing out. Reveals like this, you know, um, mm-hmm. I didn't see this coming. No, I, and, and, it's and funny if you enough, did, if you say you did, you're a liar. Um, it's fu- now, you know what's funny about this though is the fact that we were just talking. We were talking about the whole Tanahisi Coates, Jar Jar Abrams Superman, and one of the things I did say was like, you know, we we're talking about Val Zod or Calvin mm-hmm. Ellis. I was like, hell, hell, you steal. Yeah, you steal. And two weeks later, what happens? <laughs> it's just, it's just got you know, that's just happenstance. But yeah, they're listening to you. I, they hear I you. love that reveal. Uh, it, yeah. it was a great reveal. Um, getting to see his life on um, on his Whatever Earth, Earth with Lois yeah. as his wife and uh, Nat, their daughter, was was great. It was like it humanized him so much, right? Like he's he's instead of him being a Luther and like oh my god, this guy's a villain. He's a sympathetic character now. The fact that they had to yeah. watch Lois die on television at um, the, yeah. that the at the uh, laser eye beams of Superman, <laughs> you know, of the heat vision just wiping her out. Um, now, you know, there were there were multiple super powered beings. Was X Kryptonite a thing on that Earth as well? Um, and that's. And that's the whole thing. What I liked about the of these, you know, glimpses into his world, it actually raises more questions yeah. than answers. Well, than when it gives you us saw answers, them all, that. all like fly over Metropolis and then just like in concert destroy a building each, um, it was really, really great. Uh, and then working the, you know, he and, and Natasha, his daughter, uh, working together to you know, build the suit and the whole thing with the hair tie. And like, it was just super sweet. It it was, it was super heartbreaking. And, and here you have this man who up until this point, we've only thought of him as a villain and a zealot. And, and now we have, we have the content. We have more, not the, let me rephrase that. We have more context around who he is. And here's the thing is like losing your wife. That's a bad thing. He obviously lost Natasha, maybe not to being killed by Superman, maybe with the anti-monitor and the crisis event. Um, but 
this is a this is a man who has lost everything he loved and now yeah this version of clark has to pay and the whole thing with uh the synthetic red sun was great the reveal about why the the ai keeps calling him captain luther was great and then you know to kind of bring the, the boys back into it the way they worked together to help save clark was awesome yeah and the kinetic hammer was so cool. Yes, I was just about to say that. That was so. I I read a series called the uh, you know the Dresden Files, and this guy's yep. a wizard. And what he he actually has the this like he has a bunch of rings on his finger, and every time he moves his arm, he it, they build they build you know they pull in that kinetic energy, and he can unleash that with kind of like a, a, his a burst of his own will. And it could, it's enough to, you know, even for a couple days of energy, yeah. you know, it can overturn a car or something like that. But I loved how, you know, and again, we can call him that now, how uh, John Henry Iron. I'm just going to call him Steel. Because ex- um, yeah, that, I mean, that's how, what the how, suit essentially was. Yeah. How, how he explained to Clark, yeah. you know, how it works. I love that. Yeah. And from, from 10 feet, you know, it does this. From 20 feet, yeah. and, it's a little worse. From 60 feet, you in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe probably the best shot scene from a photography or a cinematic standpoint is after the boys hit him with the truck. Yeah, and you know Jordan again with the wind, he he knocks out the you know the red the red lights. Yeah, John with the hammer. John did it. John, John, I'm sorry. So. And then when Clark is walking up to steel and steel is you know he's kind of out of it mm. how that fly, it goes between the colors of the the black suit that he's well because he's, he's looking up and seeing like yeah. he's obviously concussed and um seeing seeing that yeah and how about clark you know was about to deliver a, a blow to him yeah well which again yeah it kind of it kind of goes back to what you were talking about how Jonathan has a limit, you know. We always think of Clark as a goody two shoes, but Clark, Superman, he has his limits too. As yeah. we saw when the soldier shot him, yep, he had to st- he had to hold back his rage yeah. and his anger. Well, because remember, he lives in a world made of cardboard. He has to be careful <laughs> not to hurt something or someone. Um, that and he was has awesome very scene. few options to show how powerful he really is. But Steel can't take it. No, no. Steel, <laughs> At least not Steel, in the suit. <laughs> not, without the suit, no, Steel can't take it. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I just thought this was great. We we learned a lot in this episode. Um, you know, I think this – is this another 16 episode? Um, I, th- I think it's 13, unfortunately. Oh, I have it right here. I'm sure. Oh. oh, no, wait a minute. It says 16. So it is 16 episodes. Or... Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought. I wonder if they're going to okay. like do a break where... Oh, 15. 15, yeah. 15, yeah. Okay. Uh, I wonder if they're going to do a break and like do the second half of this in the fall. I really hope not. No, please don't. So, we, oh, I see what you're saying because they have June 8th is the well, they have the one for next week and then the one for June 8th, and then it has episodes 10 through 15, and there's nothing about them. Oh, so, episode 10 is on June 15th. Okay, so yeah, it says episode 15, August 17th. Wait, where where are you seeing that? 
at the very bottom. Again, I don't know if that, well, hold on. that so, that's I mean, not like yeah. So I wonder if they like I said, I wonder if they're going to take the summer off. Man, if they yeah. do a second break, they're going to kill this show. Yeah, don't do that. Don't. It's there. There's no need. And again, going back to CW and how they. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, yeah, I love this episode. I this am. was. <laughs> this is a show that it just keeps getting better. So it, it really just keeps getting better. Five kinetic hammers. <laughs> I get this. Uh, I have to go a four point seven five with this. I I am going a solid four and a half. I don't I don't believe in the the quarters necessarily. Um, there's still the the beauty is there's still things to grow on with this show. Yes. So. All right. Man, that, it was so good. If you guys aren't watching this, you definitely have to check it out. All all the episodes are up on the CW app right now, um, and they're extended versions of the episodes. So I, I highly re- recommend watching those. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And cool. well, that's the only way I watch them now. So. so. <laughs> uh, all right. So head over to patreon.com slash this podcast back to show. Um, or better yet, go to Flying Pork Apparel dot com or go to infospodcast.com and click on shop and buy a shirt the shirts are cool we have a new one coming out soon it's going to be awesome um and then we have a special announcement that we'll share in a couple weeks um but it's very exciting anyway uh cool anything else you got to add uh nope just be on the lookout i might do another video on uh, a few oh, yeah. trailers check or, out check out daryl's uh, uh midweek news bites um yeah we're gonna start this week w- doing that more yeah yeah this week was full of trailers like, just a bunch of trailers came out so be on the lookout for that sometime probably early next week yeah look out for my review of robin number two i'm probably gonna have that up soon <laughs> i have to record it um all right <laughs> So, any last words? Yep. We will see you all next time. Later. Later. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. The show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from MeMichaelHenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.